0: Alright, all right all right day 361 welcome back to the windows and mirrors podcast um, my name is keith and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the bible is more like a window than it is a mirror we come to it to see through it and to see god not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves all right so once again <clears throat> uh psalm 48 today uh we're in book two of the psalms working our way through the psalms here and we have this hymn of praise right so you're going to see that again in the psalms you have a ton of different types of psalms right so it's like uh the psalms are all poetry but the subgenres if we could say right consider lament kingship psalms praises uh psalms of confidence the whole nine yards and so here we have another psalm of praise by the psalmist and now it's a praise to the god of israel to the god of the universe to yahweh however It is also the praise of his holy city, his holy mountain city, Mount Zion, also known as a.k.a. Jerusalem. Right. So it says this. Yo, the Lord is great and highly praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain rising splendidly is the joy of the whole earth. Mount Zion. Here it is. The summit of Zaphon is the city of the great king. God is known as a stronghold in its citadels remember in the old testament if you know your old testament you know that the temple that david desired to build but his son got to build was in the city of jerusalem so the israelites understood god's presence to be everywhere he was omnipresent for show but at the same time he was uniquely and specially present among his people in the temple and so the psalmist is going to say here yo praise you praise the city not because this geographical piece of land is anything special but because of the one who dwells in it is special right and he says yo praise the greatness of our god stop right there who is god right have we ever thought to ask who is god if someone came to you and asked you yo yo who is god you saying praise god but who is he right well, if you ask me, I would say this, like the medieval uh, theologian Anselm would say. He would say, yo, God is that which, hear this, none greater can be conceived, right? God is that which none greater can be conceived. God is the greatest being in the universe, right? And because he is so, he should be highly Praise, and we talked about this yesterday right he should be highly praised and exalted because no one compares to him he then speaks of the city he's like yo mount zion which is where you know like i said before god's twimp, uh, temple was and what's interesting here is uh you know in those days zion was the center of israel's community right and it was the place where they went to worship at the temple and he's going to say yo god is known as a stronghold in its citadels in other words god's presence amongst his people as we've said before is a place of protection right god should be praised and exalted yes because he is preeminent above all other beings in the universe but he should also be praised because he is the source of protection in that same universe as well right and we could I imagine if you took some time to reflect, you could think about all the ways and all the things that the Lord has protected you and preserved you through. And I want you to think about those things, not just as a thought experiment, but as a opportunity to rejoice and to praise and to reflect on the goodness of God that he's bestowed upon you further. Verse four through eight. He's going to talk about, yo, look, the kings assembled. They advanced together. They looked and froze with fear. They fled in terror. Why does he say that? Well, the reason we can have confidence in God is because God, to put it euphemistically, God has never lost a fight, right? Like God has never lost a battle, right? He has never gotten into something that he had to bag his way out of, right? And the reason that's important here, he's talking about the enemies that will come against God and they shudder and they, and they uh, shake like someone in, like a woman in labor, right? He uses the imagery. Listen, darkness, chaos, injustice, sin, and Satan can't come against the Holy One and his people and not take a L, right? One theologian says it this way. Every victory is a foretaste Of the final victory, which will secure the holy city forever under the Lord's reign, right? At the end of time, there is going to be this massive victory that christ is going to usher in as he comes back to get his people and to redeem all of creation and bring the new jerusalem the mount zion from above down to earth and heaven and earth will be united and this victory that god has been getting in the process has been leading up to the climactic victory that we're going to have in christ when all Evil and darkness and badness and Satan and all everything is going to be banished away forever. And those are the victories we look forward to and the victories we look back on because God has been foreshadowing it this entire time. So the psalm says in light of that, yo, his city will be established forever. Further, he goes on to say, yo, like in your presence, in the city, in the holy mountain, we will contemplate your love forever and I think that man one of the things we have to get better at as believers especially in this uh, consumeristic uh, age we just want to do things right and I think that that's good and that's fine and we want to always apply the text but I think the psalmist is saying here is contemplate God God is one who is meant to be believed in yes but even more than that beheld contemplate it meditate upon gazed upon remember what david said in psalm 27 4 he's like yo this is my goal to gaze upon the beauty of the lord all the days of my life he wants to gaze upon the beauty of god saint augustine i believe says it this way he says yo wisdom is attained by the beloved gazing at the lover's face all right we ought to be those who spend time with god by gazing at his face, there's no way you can come into the presence of God and not be changed. And if you want to be changed, if you're hearing this today and say, Keith, I got so much going on in my life and I want to change it. I guarantee you, if you make the habit of gazing upon and contemplating the Lord. You change. By the end, he shows that the ultimate significance is not primarily in the city itself, but the God who dwells there, right? So he talks about the city in conjunction with God because they're so tightly associated with one another all throughout the Bible, Jerusalem and God. But he said, no, 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 at the end of the day, this God, our God, forever and ever, he will always lead us. Listen, the best thing about having God is that we get to keep him. He is ours forever and ever, and we are his. And so today, meditate, contemplate, behold the glorious nature of this big, holy, perfect, transcendent, beautiful being who created you, who redeems you who loves you and who ultimately desires to dwell with you forever. Let's pray. Father, we ask that uh, you would help us to tell you, uh, tell others about you uh, in the next generation that we will contemplate your holiness, your beauty, your majesty, and that we would be changed as a result. Help us to have confidence in you today that you've never Lost a battle and you never would. Help us to rely upon your goodness and your grace for today.